Do you ever get stuck trying to figure out what to write in your fan emails? If that's you, this is for you. We have to write some emails to talk to our fans, to engage our fans. And sometimes we just sit there looking at the screen going, what in the world should I write? If you've experienced that, hopefully today's training will help you. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. My name is Bree Noble. Uh, this is Indie Interactive, where we talk about making great music connecting with your audience, and growing your business. So let's start talking about what we say in these emails. Now, obviously, there's a lot of different kinds of emails that you write to your fans. You could be maybe writing just a one-off email to get them to do a particular thing, like come to a show, um, you know, watch a video that you just released. Or maybe you have a content system where you want to release a newsletter of some kind on a certain schedule, twice a month, you know, once a week, whatever you're doing. I always recommend if you have an audience size of at least 100, you should be publishing once a month. And I'd say if you've got 250 to 500, you should be publishing twice a month. And then more than 500, I think you should be going with once a week because you really want to engage with this audience. You want to get them remembering you. So um, when you're figuring out what to write, I want to give you a little prompt here. And that is to think about some stories that maybe you've told out with your friends. I think this can be helpful because sometimes we think, oh, our stories are boring. I can't think of any stories to tell. But when you're out with your friends, are there any stories that people are just cracking up at or they're just riveted to hear the whole story or, you know, they're just really um, moved by the story. If there's any stories that you've told like that in, um, you know, just regular friendly company out with family or friends, those are stories that I think would be interesting for you to use with your audience. Um, hopefully they're not too personal. I know some people don't like to get super personal with their audience. I always encourage people to get as authentic as you feel comfortable with your audience. But think about those stories that have really resonated with people as you've told them just in casual conversation. And think about how you can relate those in some way to your music journey or um, what's going on right now in your music. So I also encourage people to create a list of stories, just a list of prompts to remind you what the story is. Um, you know, it, it may seem a little strange, but it's just like when you're coming up with lyric ideas. You should keep something with you at all times. And if something strikes you, write it down on your list of engagement stories so you can remember later what that story is. And, you know, maybe... It won't come up for a while in being a story that makes sense for you to use based upon what you want your audience to do, but 
it could come up later. I've definitely, you know, two years down the road into my business, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I never told them this story, you know, and I figured out a way to weave that in. So keep a list just like you do with lyric writing, keeping a list of ideas. So what, what you want to start with these stories is you want to create an outline. And in your outline, you want to think about, number one, what is the, the climax of your story? You know, what is the most important thing that happens in the story? The thing that's just going to keep them, you know, riveted that you can build up to. And then what are the lessons learned from this story? Now, maybe there's not specific lessons learned, but there's always, you know, some thing that happens after the climax that um, kind of culminates the story and there's a reason why people are interested in this story whether it's a lesson learned or um, just something that is apparent because of this story so write down what that is and then also think about um, what call to action you would relate to this story now maybe it's just that you want them to respond to you maybe it's you'd want them to write back to you on email and you know give their input about the story or or let you know, you know, if they've ever had an experience like this or if they can relate, that's totally cool. That's a way to get them to engage. So engagement is a call to action, but maybe it is you want to get them to, you know, see your newest video and maybe you tell a story about something that happened during the video shoot or, you know, tell a story about how you got the idea for what you put in the video or, you know, try to find a call to action that relates to your story. And so when you're writing your story list, if you can come up with a call to action while you're writing that down, like if immediately it said, you know, you say to yourself, oh, this story could totally, you know, get them to listen to my new song because it has to do with recording my new song or something, write that down. Um, but if you don't have that yet, maybe when you're thinking backwards and you're saying, okay, I need them to do this thing with my next email. Maybe I need them to, um, you know, join a group that I'm starting or come to this particular show, then you need to think of a story that will go well for that and kind of move them toward that call to action. So you want to then go back to your list of stories and see if there's anything that really relates to that. So I know the hardest thing about this, once you've got your outline, is to just start <laughs> because you're sitting there you've got this blank page and what I want to encourage you to do is don't sit there with your email program open I find that to be intimidating if I am starting with a blank page and a blank subject line and I'm in my email program and I'm writing it directly there somehow that is very intimidating to me so I want to you know just start out with nothing. I want to like either write it down on paper or I want to have a blank word document or something that doesn't make me feel that pressure of like, oh, this is going to be an email and I've got to get this done and I've got to send it out and all that. I'm just writing, writing a story at first. So the biggest thing is to just start writing. And, you know, I think we all learned this in school, you know, that exercise they used to do where you, where you just 
sit down and you write free write for 10 minutes. And I know a lot of us have done this in relation to songwriting, but free writing in relation to emails is also important because you don't want to be censoring yourself. You don't want to be thinking about how what you're saying is coming across. That is for the editing process that's coming next. But just sit down, look at your outline and then just start writing. Or you could even maybe talk it into a recorder if that's easier for you and then go back and write from that. But just get it all out of your brain and into a place where then you can go into editing mode. So now we're gonna go into major editing mode and this is where most of the magic happens. You do not need to try to figure out how to do all these things I'm gonna tell you next in the mode where you're just writing because then you'll, it'll slow you down, you'll rethink everything, you'll get stuck, and then you'll wanna give up. So don't do that. Don't censor yourself, and then when you go into editing mode, now I want you to think about these things that I'm gonna tell you right now. Number one, you want to think about a hook. And a hook can definitely be in the subject line, and in the first line of your email. So you need to think about something that is going to get them to be very curious, to want to click on that email and keep reading. And every line in your email, like the only, like the biggest thing about every line is to get them to read the next line. So try not to have any extraneous lines that are boring because you need to think of every line within as something that's gonna keep them moving forward to read to the next line. But you gotta figure out this hook. And it can be very curiosity-based. If you notice in my emails, if you're on my email list, you will see I use a lot of um, maybe questions or how-tos or um, something with like a leading like you'll, I'll have like part of a sentence and then I'll have dot, 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 like, like, um, like I thought this was gonna work, but then I figured out dot, 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 or, you know, something like that where it's going to make them go, oh, I really wanna know what the end of that sentence is. Or um, just any kind of a short subject line that evokes curiosity, but they need to keep reading to figure out what the rest of that is. And keep in mind that most email programs like Gmail and stuff, they only show you the first 27 characters. So I always count my characters and go, okay, if they only see this much of the subject line, will that make sense to them? So uh, that's the way I, I handle that. And once you've kind of come up with a hook, the next thing you wanna do in your editing process is turn everything into conversational language. And this was a hard one for me because you know most of us have learned how to write the five paragraph essay. My husband is an English professor. English was one of my best subjects in school, although I didn't major in it or anything, um, but I did love it. And it's so hard for me sometimes at the outset to to change my language to be more conversational because sometimes in my mind I think, okay, I'm dumbing this down, but I'm really not. I'm not writing for a teacher. I'm not writing for someone to read it in a book. I'm writing for someone who's just maybe like, you know, they're, 
they're in between doing things and they pulled it up on their phone and they're just looking for something to fill the time for a, a few minutes and they don't want to read like a manifesto. They want to read something that feels conversational, like they're listening to a podcast or they're having a conversation with a friend about an interesting subject or they're talking to you in person. That's the kind of feel that you want to have. So make sure that your language is, you don't use like words, you know, sometimes we feel like we want to show we have a big vocabulary and, you know, I have a decent vocabulary, but sometimes I censor myself. I'll go and I'll have thought of a word that sounds a little more like I would use it in an essay. And then I'll go in and um, Google synonyms for that word and try to find the simplest, most conversational version of that word that I can, that sounds, you know, more cool and casual versus this, you know, long and complicated word while still not losing the nuanced meaning of the word I want. So sometimes you need to go backwards in your synonym finding and look for words that are less complex that are going to feel more conversational in your writing. If you notice in my emails also, I use a lot of ellipsis, I use a lot of dashes, you know, a lot of things that are not necessarily grammatically correct. Sometimes I use incomplete sentences because it needs to feel more casual, more like you're talking versus reading an essay. And another thing on that subject is the way your email looks. You don't want it, again, to look like an essay, so you don't want these big blocky paragraphs. And if you're familiar with blogging at all, that's a major no-no in blogging. Don't have paragraphs that are longer than two or three sentences because it looks really blocky and intimidating and it makes people not want to continue reading because it feels like they're going to be slogging through this information somehow. Just something about creating more white space on the page makes it feel a little less intimidating and a little more like you're having a conversation versus reading, you know, an essay. So keep that in mind. White space is important in your emails. Um, next, definitely, and this is something that my husband is always big on with his students because we all make this mistake so often, is show, don't tell. And what I mean by that is don't just describe everything that happened um, and make them feel like they're passive in the story. You want to get them feeling like they're right there. You want to bring all these images and smells and feelings and, you know, all these things to mind so they feel like they are with you in this story. They are coming alongside. You know, when you read a good book and you just picture everything in your mind, you picture yourself in the scene, that is what you want to create. And you can't do that by just describing everything. So use a lot of sensory language. You know, instead of saying, I was nervous, you know, when I, when I walked out onto this stage of, you know, in front of 100,000 people, you know, start describing, say, you know, I felt the sweat trickling down my back. I, my palms were sweaty and I was afraid that they were going to slip right off of the keyboard. You know, get really, really specific with the sensory language. You know, the, this, the, um, the crowd was so large that I couldn't even pick out anyone individually. They were just like little ants, you know, try to make them feel like 
they are in the scene and they're starting to picture all of this and feel it and get really visceral and sensory and involved instead of just describing it. Um, and then next, the big thing when you're editing your, your story. So like you've gone through, you've written this thing, um, in a brainstorming kind of way at first from an outline, you've just kind of spewed everything on the page. Then you go back and you, you edit it based upon conversational language, language based upon trying to add a lot of sensory information. And then if you still feel like just, just not right, like something's wrong, I'm not getting the, the feeling that I want. The biggest thing I want to get across to you guys is to ask for help. So many times I can see things in other people's writing that I can't see in my own and vice versa. People can see things in my writing that I didn't notice. You know, they might look at the sentence and go, this sentence makes me feel nothing, but I've already attached all these feelings to it because it's my story. So if you feel like your email seems dry, if you feel like you just don't know where to go, like you're starting to tell the story, but you just don't know where to go next, ask for help, ask a friend, ask a duo partner, ask a band member, ask somebody in one of the groups you're in. If you're in the free female indie musician community, um, or if you're in the female musician Academy, I mean, that's what these groups are for. Get some accountability partners, ask for help, do the same for other people because we all get stuck. Trust me, it's hard to go this alone. And it's, you know, we, a lot of us haven't been in school for a while. Like the writing muscle has not been exercised except maybe in songwriting. And that's a completely different thing than writing and engaging email to your fans. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And finally, the most important thing of all is make sure you don't forget to put that call to action in there. Hopefully you've thought up that in advance before you even started writing the email but be sure to put a call to action in there, even if it's just to respond to the email. Maybe it's to go watch you on a Facebook Live or watch a replay of a Facebook Live. Maybe it's to come to a show, watch a new video, listen to a new song, sign up for your Patreon, whatever it is. Um, make sure that you include a call to action and you somehow relate it to the story that you're telling so they feel that continuity and congruency and they're not like, that was a cool story, but what the heck does this have to do with it? You know, so definitely don't forget to put that call to action, make it really easy for them, make the links clear. Or if you're asking them to respond, ask them what you want them to respond to. Ask them what you want feedback on, ask them to answer a particular question. That engagement is really helpful for boosting your, your email um, rates as far as, you know, not being considered spam. Um, so just if you don't have a call to action, you just want to tell them a fun story, then just ask for their feedback, ask for maybe any similar experiences that they've had. So I hope all that was super helpful. I want to hear from you guys. What do you think, um, what, what really resonated with you with all those tips that I gave? Is there anything that you haven't been doing that I was just talking about that you want to add to your email writing regimen? Now, the reason I'm doing this today is because we're kind of all in this back to school mode. I just sent my daughter back to high school. Um, 
actually not back to high school. She is a freshman. So she went to high school for the first time, which was very stressful for her and a little bit stressful for me. Um, you know, my other daughter's in third grade. And so we're really, and my husband's a professor. So he's about to go back to school. We're in this back to school mode. And I love it because I love kind of having these seasons of the summer where we're a little more relaxed. And then when we get into this back to school mode, I just get really focused and serious and so I thought, you know, why not do a very schoolish, back to schoolish theme of talking about writing and encourage you guys to, to get back on the writing bandwagon with your fans and be sure to continue to engage with them. Also, I wanted to introduce you guys to a back to school giveaway that we're having. Once a year, we do a giveaway and we give away uh, one a one-year membership to the Female Musician Academy, which if you're not familiar with, it is an exclusive membership for female independent artists. And we have tons of different training for whatever level you're at in, in marketing, social media, business, booking, everything that you need to run a successful musician business, as well as we have um, twice a month group coaching calls where you can ask all your questions. We have um, expert workshops every month. This month we're talking about creating an excellent YouTube channel. We've got some other ones coming up about growing your um, studio of private students and also talking about vocal health. So I'm really excited about those coming up. And we also, um, every every month, you know, or every day, like we're all conversing in our private Facebook community of female musicians that are all really serious about what they're doing and, and their art and their passion and having it as a business where they actually make money and make progress. So that is what the Academy is. If you want to enter the giveaway to for a chance to win, you want to go to femmusician.com slash giveaway. That's F as in female, E as in entrepreneur, musician.com slash giveaway. And you can enter to win. There's also a lot of really cool ways you can get more entries. You can join our Facebook Messenger list so you get notifications about these live streams that I do. You can also... Um, you can also get more entries by just sending out the, your special link on social media and letting people know to come and join the giveaway. So I want to encourage you to go to femmusician.com slash giveaway and enter. Even if you're actually a member right now, you can get a free year of the Academy if you win. So <laughs> Jane says, I'm not full of myself and lack confidence, so it's difficult to share. I get that. I, I get it. Um, it's a process. It's definitely a process. And I'm not suggesting that you be full of yourself, but there definitely needs to be a certain confidence level. Keep in mind that these people have subscribed to your newsletter. Like they care. They want to know about your life. They want to know about your career. So always remember that. And that's where it is different from social media. Maybe on social media, you feel a little more timid and I don't blame you because there's people out there that are out to be mean, you know, they just are. So, um, but when you're on email, just remember that these people have subscribed and guess what? They can always unsubscribe if they don't like it. And every once in a while I have some hater that says that my stuff is crap. And I just write back to them and say, if you don't like it, leave the room. Like no one's making you stay here. <laughs> so 
you know, just understand that there will always be people out there ready to tear you down, but most of those people are not on your email list. They are there for a reason. And if they are on your list and they want to be mean to you, then just block them. It's harder to tell a, st a Lori's story live than to write for me. I, It's true. I think that that's true and that's why you need to write the stories. Here's another benefit out of this. When you write these stories, now you've kind of got them written in your head. Now that you've written them on paper, they're kind of stored there a little bit, the way you told them, the specifics you used, the sensory um, aspects that you used, and you can use these in your live shows now. You know, you've once you've written it out, then you kind of have this, this outline and, and timeline of how you want to tell it, and that can be really helpful in a live setting as well. And again, if you wanted, you could just bring that outline if you're wanting to tell a story on stage. Like, for example, Right here, like I'm teaching to you, I have a bunch of note cards. That's all I have. I don't have this all written out. Um, but since it's your own life and your story, you know those experiences. You just need little reminders of the points that you want to touch on. And you could easily bring a little outline to your shows and just glance over at it while you're telling the story until you get really used to telling that story in front of people. Again, I want to remind you to enter the giveaway, femmusician.com slash giveaway, in order to be entered to win a year of the Female Musician Academy. We only do this once a year, so this is a really cool opportunity to possibly win a year of the Academy and hang out with me on some live Zoom calls twice a month for a year, uh, hang out in the Facebook group for a year, and of course, not just me, all of our awesome artists, many of which are here right now. So reminder, if you're a member right now, you can still enter and win a year of the Academy and we'll just tack it on. If you already have a year, just tack it on to that. So uh, F is in female, E is an entrepreneur, musician.com slash giveaway. And please don't enter if you're a male. We can't give it to you unless you want to give it to your, your daughter or your friend or something like that. But um, Female Musician Academy is clearly for female artists only. It's a safe place for independent female artists to flourish. And I you know, have always kept it just females for that reason. So we can empower each other and not feel that, that competitiveness that sometimes comes with mixing genders. Um, no offense to any males. Absolutely, we love you, but we love having this place of our own in the Female Musician Academy. So enter femmusician.com slash giveaway, and I will see you guys next week. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.